Good morning, everyone. Friends, our, our first reading uh, is a piece from a longer uh, um, understanding that comes from the Old Testament. Uh, but um, there, uh, we were being reminded, those who read it, are being reminded that just as God had rescued um, the Jews from enslavement and oppression in Egypt, um, so God will also save those who will put their trust in Him, that will have their confidence in Him, their faith in Him. And in our second reading, uh, we are called to imitate the faith of our holy patriarchs from the Scriptures, both Old Testament and New. Um, and today is being put forth Abraham, uh, our father in faith. And he had complete confidence in God when God spoke His words to him and when God told him things, and even though those things sounded crazy to him, in particular that his wife, who was in her 80s, and Sarah was going to have a child. And as you know the story, Sarah laughed at God, and God came and spoke to her about her laughter. She tried to say, I didn't laugh, and God said, I heard you, <laughs> which means he was listening the whole time, and he does. And, uh, and the promises made to Abraham that sounded particularly crazy, one, that they would have a new land, that he would have many descendants, not just the, the one that Sarah would, and that there would be salvation for many. And this sounded kind of nuts to Abraham, but he, he was our father in faith. He believed. And my friends, our gospel, um, certainly um, when it was written and the way it's presented, especially towards the end, it was particularly written for the religious leaders of the time of Luke. Uh, it was a warning to them that they must continue to be vigilant and to teach what Jesus Christ has taught always, no matter what. But it is relevant to all of us, absolutely. And it certainly is about watchfulness and readiness. But Jesus is trying to tell us something. Um, you do not know the time that I am coming back. And he was not just referring to the second coming that we understand in Revelation. He was talking about personal death. He will come for each of us. And while we do not know that exact time, uh, but we are not to live in fear. Instead, we are to live in faithfulness and hope and confidence. And so, my friends, um, are from the second reading comes a very popular line or pericope that we call it, uh, based for the Christian life. And it's about faith. And the writer of the letter of Hebrews tells us what that is. He writes, faith is the realization of what is hoped for and the evidence of things that have not been seen. And these are two ways of saying the same thing. The realization of what is hoped for. That means that when we have faith, we are filled then with the certainty that what God says, what He has said, what He says, will come to pass. Even if it doesn't seem likely to us, it is going to happen. Evidence of things not seen means that uh, when we have faith, we have, if you will, an extraordinary knowledge, understanding. Um, we know with certainty that all things God have revealed are true. Now, my friends, no one here in this church has seen with their physical eyes Jesus rise from the dead. Now, if there is someone who's present who said, I have, then I wish to see you in my office because I want to talk to you about this. Uh, and then off to Rome you will go, uh, because the Holy Father will want to see you too. But my friends, uh, because we have not seen uh, what happened over 2,000 years ago, um, 
with our own eyes, but we know Jesus is risen. This is the essence of the Christian faith, accepting something as true, not because our own senses have told us it, but because there has been a person who has told us this that is trustworthy. And in this case, I'm speaking about the apostles. Now, my friends, if you haven't noticed, if you look up, uh, there are now icons of those apostles above you, uh, images of each one of them. Um, this is to remind you that uh, they, in fact, saw this. They, in fact, told us what they saw. They saw, not only them, but as the Acts of the Apostles tell us, 500 other people with them saw Jesus alive after he had been executed. He was very much alive. He is very much alive. So it is through Holy Scripture, our Bible, and sacred tradition, which is not to be separated from these men. That is what sacred tradition is. It comes from them. And they teach us that Christ rose from the dead. And furthermore, they teach us that Christ is truly present in various ways, particularly in the Eucharist. And this is trustworthy. The church has weathered the storms of over 2,000 years, continuing to teach the same truths as when it was started, continuing to celebrate the same sacraments, and continuing to put forth, through the grace of God, holy men and women, saints who come into the world to testify. They live lives of holiness so that we can do the same. This faith, is, this is evidence of the things not seen with our senses. And it is one of God's greatest gifts uh, to his church. Many of today's intellectuals and cultural elites, however, uh, consider uh, faith, Christian faith in particular, to be stupid. And people who believe in it are ignorant. And you've heard all the other things that they throw out at us. Mature people, they would put, uh, do not depend on such things. They depend rather on science and reason based solely on empirical evidence. Because of this, those of us who still hold to the values of the Christian teachings are sometimes chastised, uh, made fun of, but there's something worse. Sometimes the disciples, you guys, the baptized, become embarrassed and thus don't want to identify as Christians out in the public. To me, that is far worse than what the, the others are doing and saying. Christians will try to hide and cover up conversations with others in the hope that they will be not known and thus they will not be made fun of or looked down upon. But my friends, faith is a necessary part of any fully human life or human experience, if you wish. People who criticize us for having faith in God, I suggest, are making some mistakes, logical mistakes. First, they are forgetting that we have very good reasons for the reason why we believe in our religion, in our faith, and that support it. As I said, we are not eyewitnesses to Christ's resurrection, for example, but there were eyewitnesses who saw the risen Christ, and those eyewitnesses are the ones who founded the Christian church. And that church, our church, has endured longer than any other human organization has. We were not eyewitnesses to the creation of the universe, but the order and the beauty of the cosmos make it very reasonable, even the atheists will agree, 
that there was some type of intelligence that did this. So when I hear it was the Big Bang, great, but who did the Big Bang? Who created that? Go back and answer that. There's got to be something, right? And here's your science. <laughs> so my friends, and more for us, I try to teach you in the short time that I have with you uh, at Mass, because I believe that as you study your faith, you need to live it, but as you study your faith, the more you know, the more you get to know, there are good reasons and support for the Christian faith. My friends, the second mistake these critics of ours make is forgetting that they too live most of their lives by faith also. So my friends, uh, they have faith that the engineer who put together the Tacomaneros Bridge they had faith in that engineering technique, so much so that they travel across it all the time, all hours of the night. They had faith in the engineers, in the science behind it. Friends, some of us have uh, faith in doctors who prescribe medicines that we can't even pronounce. Right, Dr. Taylor? So uh, we put, uh, if you will, faith in that. And uh, we put faith in many other things. Human society is built on different levels of faiths of all sorts, of trusting others, whether they say it be God or someone else. Do you see what I'm getting at? Where someone says, oh, no, no, I don't live by faith. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You've just chosen not to believe in God. But you believe in faith. You have faith in something. Eliminating faith, which is impossible because of what I've just put forward to you, would not make us more mature, more intelligent. It makes us less human. Our Christian religion, our Christian faith, subsists in something, in the confident insurance concerning what we hope for and conviction about the things that we have not seen. Heaven. But what we hope for and cannot see, the object of our faith, is much bigger than any human-made thing or notion or ideology. Jesus gave us the Christian faith that we can live it without oppressing fear. Over and over again, he said, do not be afraid. Even in our gospel today, he said, little flock, do not be afraid. We're the little flock. The little flock were the ones who were following him in the bigger world. In the bigger world now, we are still a little flock. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. Do not live your life in fear. Live your life in joy and hope and confidence, no matter what may come your way. Because the Father, it pleases Him to give you His kingdom. In Christianity speak, to give you eternal life. That we would live with hope and joy in all things is pleasing to God. Today's readings then reorient us to our faith and exhort us to live Christian faith and hope now. That's what Jesus was getting at in, those, in that parable. Now, live it daily. We must exercise faith and then our lives and live them accordingly. And when the Master comes, and He will come whenever He pleases, you will not be afraid nor will you be unprepared for him. You don't live your life in oppression. We do not know when God will come. I hope that when he comes, 
that I will gladly and with joy go out with him. Whenever that may be. So live your lives in the moment, in faith, every day. And thus the way we live, therefore, witnesses to what we believe, or as what the thing said, what we treasure is where our heart is. So what we believe and what we hold close, our faith, it stands to reason then that our very faith, our very way of living it, challenges others to prioritize their own beliefs, whatever it may be. They look at us and say, look at the treasure they have. Maybe I need to relook at my life, whatever that may be. Clearly, the Lord must have priority in the life of a Christian by the way they live and speak. We make this apparent when religion is not just a practice, but an actual relationship with Christ, living it daily with joy and happiness. When we encounter God and know this, we can live without that fear because the Father is pleased to give you everything and everything he has is eternal life with him. He didn't promise on this earth it would be easy. Amen? Friends, as the gospel told us, Jesus' words, do not be afraid, little flock. The Father pleases to give you his kingdom, eternal life, and based on the scriptures, he already has. You have it already within you. So start living that resurrected life now.